We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 21st, 2014. And today we've got tons of material to cover. Probably way more than I'm even going to be able to get to. Uh, I've been really trying to make a concerted effort to keep up with the material uh, and to try to get studies done on a weekly basis now as opposed to bi-weekly. In other words, kind of going back to the way I used to do it, even though I've got a lot more volume now with the ministry trying to deal with that. I'm still trying to keep up, and, and it's almost just impossible with all of the news that's coming out, breaking daily, the overflow gets put into the newsletters that I'm putting out, which I'd love to cover a ton of that as well. There's just no way really one person can, can kind of get it all done. So I'm really trying to cover the things that seem to be of the most pressing uh, nature. And, and that's what we're, I'm trying to get into on the weekly and even that now is such is, is at such a high volume, the important news, that I, I can't even cover all it now either. So, um, got a lot to cover today. Let's go ahead and get started. Just what, I'm going to kind of kick things off with some Bible verses to kind of set the tone. Um, as I've said, there's a lot of... Well, I mean, if you just go by alternative news, let's say from a patriotic standpoint, the patriot movement... And apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, this stuff will totally defeat you, depress you, just, you know, most people, it will do that too. So you have to temper this with the Word of God, with keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Uh, if you don't do that, I don't see how other people do it, honestly. The ones that are just like, let's say... Somebody in the Patriot Movement that's not a Christian, that knows what's coming, that can see the handwriting on the wall, and evidently thinking that they're going to be able to resist what's coming in and of themselves, by their own strength, no help from God. That, to me, would be really scary and depressing and, you know, I mean, I think that would be horrific to be in that position. We, as Bible-believing born-again Christians, and hopefully all my listeners are that. If you're not, please go to my website at contendingfortruth.com and click on the Salvation tab, True Salvation tab at the top, and we will walk you through that whole process. Um, it's simple, it just needs to be done, and, and I just try to go through Bible verses in um, showing you the way to salvation. Through Jesus Christ. So, I'm going to set the tone today with some Bible verses, and uh, then we'll get into the main part of the study. Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So we are, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That's something that's good to keep fixed in our mind. And I'm not coming down on anybody at all because I'm not saying I do it near enough either. So I, I'm saying this as much to myself as I would anyone else. 
<clears throat> For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, and these are, in, when it talks about principalities and powers, this is the evil principalities and powers that the Bible talks about in like Ephesians 6. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, those types of things. Okay, so, uh, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. So it's it's the love of God that we should be, not, I guess, seeking, you know, but n- none of those things can even do that, in other words. What is the love of God? Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the love of God is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's it's it's He's our Savior. And so that's where this love of God, that is the, the source, essentially. And none of those things that were mentioned, death, nor life, angels, principalities, powers, uh, nor things present, nor to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then the Bible says in um, Psalm 57, verse 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, which, again, Asking God to be merciful to you is a form of humbling yourself before God. I mean, you're not going to ask somebody to have mercy on you and not be humble at the same time. Like, have you ever seen, like, you know, shows where the guy gets the jump on the guy and, and at the end he has the sword to his throat or whatever and says, you know, have mercy on me or, or mercy or whatever. Well, that person's humbling themselves to the other person. So when you ask God for mercy, it's a form of humbling yourself before God. And humility is one of the few things that the Bible ever mentions that, that, that a, a human can do to actually please God. I'm not saying there's no other way to please God, but it's one of the few things that seems to consistently be pleasing to God. And this is not fake humility. This is not like, you know, doing it for a show or not really meaning that this is like really true humility. So you're asking God to be merciful unto you. Now, the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So there's thing, a lot of things that we can do to get our prayers hindered as well. So that God does not hear us. So, uh, if you go to the uh, my website and key in uh, prayer or answered, I did a study a long time ago on the biblical keys to answered prayer. And I might have left some stuff out, but I think I hit the, the main points from a biblical standpoint, hopefully. And so, be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Okay, so that implies faith. If you trust in something, that means you have faith in it. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So see, faith and the word of God are intricately tied together. You can't have one without the other. From a biblical standpoint, it's impossible. That's how you build your faith. Listening to the Word of God, reading it, meditating on it, memorizing it, quoting it, quoting it in faith. It's how we battle evil. It's how Jesus Christ battled Satan when he tempted him. He quoted scripture. That's what we should do. If we're ever faced, I mean, with pure evil... And those days <laughs> could be right around the corner where it's literally, and I don't mean figuratively, like we're battling some unseen force. I really believe the days are very close, 
with the way things are breaking, with the way things are getting so unhinged that literally those days could be tomorrow where something breaks and we're dealing with literal evil entities. And so we need to learn how to battle through the Lord. Soldiers for Christ, which is what we are. And, you know, to quote scripture in faith back to whatever we may be confronting. Now, that may seem far-fetched to a lot of a lot of people, but, you know, I'm erring on the side of safety by telling you that. Because if it ever does happen to you, um, hopefully you'll be prepared to deal with it. And um, I don't think most Christians in the 501c3 corporate church, and let's just say probably worldwide, are most, the vast majority. Not all. I believe some are probably way more than than um, I am and a lot of other people, I'm sure are. But for the most part, I believe people are, Christians are, are totally unequipped uh, for that, for that eventuality. So, be merciful unto me, be merciful, uh, be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. So you, you have faith in God. In order to have trust, you have to have faith. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge... Until these calamities be overpassed. Calamities are coming. Just what we're going to get into today is just so overwhelming. And and every week with my studies, it seems like they're getting more overwhelming. More just insane, the news that I'm covering. But it's it's being confirmed from multiple different sources. And... Again, you're going to see that today. I've got a lot of different sources that I'll be... Some of them are independent sightings. Some of them are are eyewitness accounts, news sources, alternative media, cross-confirming one another. But in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. God's wings. We make our refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Like a storm. It doesn't last forever. It, it comes, like if you ever watch it on a radar, it comes at you, goes over you, and then it's gone. Okay, That's probably, to a certain extent, what is coming. There might be waves of calamities. And I think this is why it's very important to pray things like Psalm 91. You know, uh, or Psalm 64, which I've done a whole teaching on, just key in Psalm, in the keyword search box. I think that's incredibly important. I'm telling you, that psalm changed my life. Totally. When I started praying it, I'm telling you, I was, I have been at a totally different level of protection from God in my life and in my daughter's life since I started praying that. And it came at a really good time. It was near near the start of my ministry, is when I really needed it, because I'm sure I was going to come under more demonic, evil entity type attacks. But you're asking God to hear you and to hide you from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the workers of the insurrection of the wicked. So so these are um, the workers of iniquity. You're asking God right away to hide you 
from these. And that you're asking God to judge the wicked. Not because you want to see revenge, but because when God judges the wicked, good things always happen. In the Bible, you read it over and over. Every time wickedness is judged, sin is purged from the land, and good things always result. Do the wicked like being judged? No. But what is the alternative? Letting the wicked multiply and, and increase in wickedness and taking more people to hell and killing more people and, and defiling the land more? And We need God's judgment on the wickedness. I don't want to be judged of God in that regard. I mean, in, in regard to, I don't want to be judged with the wicked. But when the wicked are judged, good things always happen. The Bible talks about God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they, they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. And all men shall see and fear, and shall flee away, and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing, and the righteous shall be glad in the Lord, and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. So those are good effects. Now, also when you pray things like that, primarily the wicked that you're praying against are not even human. They may be occupying human vessels. They may be occupying human vessels that are fitted, which means prepared ahead of time for God's destruction, like the Bible talks about in Hebrews. And God hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Yeah, that's Proverbs 16.4. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. And you may say, well, I don't understand that. Well... I don't really either. But it's not my, like, who am I, who am I to say, is the, is the, is the clay going to say to the potter, why have you made me this way? That's what the Bible talks about. Yeah, I guess you can ask that question, but it's, I don't think it's mine to ask. I really don't. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. Higher than, you know, heaven is above earth. So, I'm not going to sit here and try to hash those things out and debate those things in this life. I, I think you could waste a lot of time doing that. And some people have probably gotten bitter at God because they've sat there and dwelt on those things. My life, it's not fair. This or that. Things aren't fair. Well, we don't see the full picture until after this life. Like the evangelist Melvin Sisson did a sermon called The Film is Being Developed. You really don't... Right now, the film is being developed. You don't know how that film, that picture is going to turn out at the end. So you really can't see the ultimate purpose behind it yet. Because it hasn't been developed fully yet. Psalm 27 verse 2 says, When the wicked, even mine enemies and mine foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh... Huh, sounds like cannibalism. I'm seeing more and more about that. Cannibalism. Seeing more and more of that, you know, like if, if you, if, if, just even trailers for these new movies that come out and stuff, and the zombie stuff, and all the, huh. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh? I don't think that's figurative. I think it's literal. They stumbled and fell. Though in host, this is the next verse, verse 3, Though an host, a host of, like an army, should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. 
One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. These give me like chills. <laughs> Reading these verses. I mean, this is awesome. This is what we need to be tempering this devil news that is all around us, that I will be reporting on today as a watchman. But these are the verses, it's stuff like this. Now, obviously, there's a lot of verses like this in the Bible, particularly in Psalms. And, and well, tons of places. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. In this case, the rock of Christ Jesus. And now shall mine head be lifted above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. The Bible talks about the sacrifice of thanksgiving. To me, it doesn't seem like much of a sacrifice, but just to praise the Lord. The devils hate that. They totally hate it when you give thanks to God, when you praise the Lord, when you worship the Lord. They hate it. I've seen too many instances of real life examples of like people that were caught in like the worst occult things and the person started praising the Lord or singing to the Lord or and it's like throwing battery acid. You cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Alien abductions. Okay? These these supposed alien abductions. Joe Jordan has over now over six hundred documented cases of alien abductions when they when they happen to a when a they happen to a Christian, a Bible believing, I believe born again Christian that if they happen, when they cry out to Jesus Christ, every single time the abduction stops, and it's like throwing battery acid on these devils, these these evil entities. Oh, I don't believe in any of that. Oh, okay, so you're telling me like 3% of the population, 2-3% to of the population, which is probably conservatively, have admitted to abduction experiences or, or attempted abduction? You're telling me they're all nuts. I think a lot of times people don't believe it because they're afraid of it. They don't want to engage in that level of spiritual warfare. We need to get out of that mindset. We need to get into the mindset of, I want to engage in it. I want to battle for the... You know what happens when you do? Let me tell you. Go and listen to my, my teaching on Supernatural. Just key in Supernatural in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Every single time you go through something like that, it increases your faith. And it gets you really, really fired up for the Lord. I'm not saying it's something that you should pursue or or whatever, but you might be thrust into it. You might not have a choice. Over 600 experiences. And you know what? The UFO community doesn't want it. They don't want the information. Joe, Joe Jordan tries to go to these places. And Joe Jordan's been on my email list for like, I don't even know how long at this point. He goes to these, tries to get into these UFO conferences now, and they don't want his message. They don't want it. And I think to myself, 
wow, you really are demon-possessed to the toenail, you, you UFO people, that literally would rather be abducted, go through all of the horrific procedures that are done to these people. And it is beyond terrifying. Why is it so terrifying? Because these devils feed off your fear. It's a proven fact. Satan does the same thing. They're evil. Okay, they're pure evil. They feed and literally vampirize off the fear that they're in, that that is coming off you from what they're doing to you. You want to know a, uh, I would say a, a pretty uh, accurate example of what an abduction experience, what what these procedures are like. Can fire in the sky on YouTube and um, maybe spaceship or abduction? Fire in the sky. I mean, I'm telling you, if you were that dude in that video, can you imagine the terror that you would be feeling? And that's not even hell. These devils are (laughs) bound for hell in the lake of fire. But that's not even hell. But over 600 abduction experiences, and those are just the ones they know about, documented now, of every single time they cry to the Lord Jesus Christ and the abduction experience stops. And typically they don't come back after that. I mean, if you had battery acid thrown on you, would you kind of go back for more? We have that kind of power through the Lord Jesus Christ is what I'm trying to impart to you. I'm trying to build your faith up. And when you go through those things, it will only increase your faith. I guarantee you. And you will be twice as fired up for the Lord as you ever were. And you may start liking it. You may start kind of wanting it. Because who else is doing it? I'm just saying there's not a lot of people that pursue truly that type of thing. Now, I'm not saying you should pursue getting abducted. (laughs) I don't mean that, but I'm just saying pursuing engaging evil. I would say you wouldn't want to do such a thing if you weren't prayed up, fasted up, you wouldn't want a ton of, like, I mean, we're never going to be perfect, but I'm talking about, like, major sin issues in your life. Okay, and I know all sin is grievous to God, but I'm saying major, you know, none of us are perfect, though. Walked around in sinless perfection. Only Jesus Christ was the only one to ever to attain that, so hopefully you understand what I'm saying there. But you don't want to engage, and, and typically you don't want to engage it by yourself, nobody praying for you. And you want to be led of God. You don't want to just do it half-cocked. You kind of want to know that you're spo- you're, you are supposed to be and do something in a particular way. And, and a lot of times it's very good to have other Christians of the same vein with you. Because there's strength in numbers. And then the Bible talks about one putting a thousand flight, two putting ten thousand, and there's a lot of biblical references there as well so those are just some other things you could think about so having said all that i'll go ahead and get into the study for today and um hopefully setting it off on a on a good tone a good you know what i mean like on the right foot not like okay now we're going to get into some 
really heavy-duty information, which gets seems to be heavy-dutier by the week. Um, the UN plot to confiscate American guns. This just came out this week on the 17th by Dave Hodges. The evidence is mounting that Obama and his colleagues at the United Nations are preparing for complete gun confiscation of the civilian-owned American guns. There is a new document, previously held secret, which has surfaced and clearly signals the intention of the United Nations to engage in gun confiscation in the relatively near future. I mean, what do they have out in front of their building in, in New York? Well, it's like a what's it, like a three fifty seven like a revolver, a really big, gigantic one with a knot tied in the barrel. Well, they know that every single Holocaust in the last hundred years, whether it's Hitler, Pol Pot, Mao Zedong, Stalin, whoever, has always been preceded by gun confiscation. That is the main precipitator. That's why I fight it so hard, because I realize if they get the guns confiscated, the amount of wickedness that will be inflicted upon the people, the masses in America, will be unlike anything probably the world's ever known. I want this not to happen to prevent that wickedness from happening. Or at least to fight it as long as we can. To prevent that sin from occurring. Because once gun confiscation occurs, it's over. I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ can't protect you. I'm saying collectively for America, it will be over. There will be nothing left to prevent the New World Order from implementing their agenda. And America is on the top priority list of for destruction. For, on, for a lot of different reasons. The document is a smoking gun, however, no pun intended, smoking gun, however, the existence of the document is not needed to prove the point that there is a major confrontation brewing between the American people and the international uh, UN peacekeeping force that is right around the corner. The following is a smoking gun document that presents seven sequential steps designed to accumulate in the total disarmament of the American nation. And for those of you who know your history, you will note that there, are, there were 17 genocides in the 20th century, and in each case, these genocides were preceded by gun confiscation by the host government. 17 genocides basically in the last hundred years. Going back to the start of the 1900s. And in each case, it was always preceded by gun confiscation. By the host government. That's not wicked. I don't know what is. I mean, they've telegraphed their punch 17 different times, what they do, over and over. This is what Satan does before he, before he kills the masses. This is what Satan does. That's his M.O., his modus operandi. That's, that's how he operates. According to the Democide Project located in the University of Hawaii, governments have killed far more people, an estimated 260 million victims than even war. Uh, history shows that if we ever allow government, the U.N. or the U.S., to ever be able to seize our guns, we are signing our death warrant. And it's absolutely true. The following document is a declaration of war against the United States people. For those who find the document to be on the blurry side, see Appendix 
see the appendix below to view a clear copy. In other words, I've got a copy of this, okay? But he also um, typed it out in the verbiage. And what I did is I moved the appendix up so it's kind of like next to this document on the PDF for July 21st, 2014 at contendingfortruth.com. All the PDFs and the audio teachings, all of them are always free. So, um, it's here. It says, Disarmament Commission Civilian Weapons Confiscation Study Group. This was held in New York City on the 29th through 31st of July, 2013. So a little less than a year ago. The issue of military-grade... Now I'm reading off the UN document. The issue of military-grade weaponry in the hands of civilians looms ever larger in the face of the global implementation of um, Agenda 21 by member nations. Agenda 21 is their main goal, their main New World Order global everything goal, okay? In particular, the United States of America has an estimated 500 million weapons in the hands of its civilian population. This is not just a static problem. It is a massive dynamic problem for the process of confiscation as there will be those who refuse to surrender their firearms. Oh, you think? You think, Satan? The conclusion of of the discussions by the CWCSG led to the adoption of a proposed agenda to begin the process for introduction to member nations, a framework by which they can begin codification of national laws to disarm civilians within their borders through a graduated process. They're going to do it gradually, and and they've already started it. Within the discussion framework, we have identified several problem areas that must be addressed, and they are, number one, classification of military-grade weapons to be made illegal for possession. Now, we're going to be covering these points after this, but I'm just going to go ahead and read them off first. Two, creation of programs to provide reasonable compensation for voluntary surrender of said arms. Three, codification of laws to begin the restricting and strict licensing of concealable firearms. You know how the Bible says it says they frameth mischief by a law? This is exactly what we're talking. They're framing laws, and and these laws are evil, essentially. Four, codification of laws to begin the restricting and strict licensing of hunting-grade firearms. Five, codification of laws to restrict the sale and possession of ammunition and components to manufacture the ammunition. Because, see, the gun is nothing without the bullet. And that's that's the key, you know. They want to they want to get rid of both of them. Six. Finally, codification of laws to completely make any and all firearms illegal to own. Any and all, nothing. So the only ones that'll have them will be the criminals and the criminal government. Now that always turns out so good, as we pointed out in the last seventeen times in the last hundred and fourteen years where. All the genocides preceded gun confiscation. Always turns out so wonderfully well for the populace. Seven. Okay, um, I didn't finish six, the point six. Finally, codification of laws to completely make any and all firearms illegal to own, possess, or use outside of military and law enforcement usage. Seven. Creation of a United States Police Task Force 
within the specific mission of assisting member nations with, with the collection of weaponry from civilian hands. So, a UN, One World Order, New World Order police force. They want a totally disarmed, helpless, anemic, gelded population that they can do whatever they want to. And they will. They will do the most wicked, sick, twisted, evil things if this is ever brought about to your family, to, I mean, if they can. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying God can't protect you. I'm saying this is what their plans are. So always try to clarify that. You know, the guy that puts this out, that I've been, you know, going over a lot of his, his reports, as I've said, Dave Hodges, you know, it's like, he needs to present some of the, who we are through the Lord Jesus Christ, instead of just presenting all doom and gloom. Because if this is all you have to go by, I mean, you know, it's it's not exactly going to do anything to increase your faith very much. So, the CWCSG, this is this UN thing, will submit its findings and final recommendations once we have created the codification framework for member nations for, for a full review by the Office of Secretary General. You know, the, the document looks legit, and as we're going to see right now, they've already started this stuff. So even if you say, oh, well, it's not legit, they've already started doing this. They've already started steps one through five. Okay, the UN and its cohorts are accomplishing steps one through five. They are now working on steps six and seven, which would con- constitute complete disarmament of the American people. Now they haven't totally implemented steps one through five, but they are gr- through a graduated process. Remember, they are they have started all those steps. If one examines the first five steps of the plot, it is easy to ascertain the pattern of gun confiscation that Obama has attempted to follow. I do not believe that Obama has completely has to be completely implement steps one through five before moving to steps four, steps six and seven. Though, therefore, even though Obama has not completely implemented the first five steps across the country, he has done enough to usher in steps six and seven in this United Nations disarmament plan. Um, and again, steps six and seven are codification of laws to completely make any and all firearms illegal to own, possess, or use outside of military or law enforcement usage, and seven, creation of the United States Police Task Force with specific mission of assisting member nations. Well, okay, um, I think they're going to have to get pretty much all done with steps one through five before they can do six and seven. I kind of disagree with them there. They're, they haven't taken the, the firearms out of the people's hands at this point. I mean, not, not to any kind of length. I mean, and there's been a lot of resistance to this, even in liberal states like New York and Connecticut, where they thought, oh, we'll be able to pull it off there. No, they haven't been able to. They haven't been able to. There's been very limited amount of people that actually went through and registered their guns. There's been very few guns turned in. And what that's doing is sending a message to Satan, the New World Order, Obama, his handlers, that, you know what, this might be a lot harder than we thought. So, what does that tell them? That means that they are most likely going to try to get more aggressive with with us, with the people that w- would refuse to do this. And then you get into the whole thing about them staging false flag events and blaming it on the Patriots, which is what they're going to try to pull off, of course. 
and uh, to blame us for everything and then to demonize the patriots and Christians and pro-lifers and anti-gay and anybody that stands for righteousness in any way, shape, or form and demonize us and get everybody to turn against us. They're already done, they've already done it with a lot of the illegal alien population because they've demonized us through that and La Raza's demonized us. And then you have the black against white thing, you know, where you've got, you know, and I've documented this over and over, where, where a lot of the blacks have, have been just pummeling white people for no reason at all. And then, then you've got cops that are beating up black people, like just happened the other day, that poor uh, uh, black man that was had broken up a fight and had six or, like, and this guy was huge, six or seven white cops around him, and he's like, listen, just get away from me. He says, all I did was break up a fight. I'm, I don't want any trouble. I don't want any trouble. Good guy. You could tell he's a good guy. And and the cops come up, and the one guy gets him from behind, chokes the guy, and everybody jumps on top of him, and he's not even, he's not even like, swinging or doing anything, and he says, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. The guy was last night. He dies right there. I mean, I was infuriated when I saw that. And I'm thinking, oh, good, this is great. Now we're going to have a race war over this, you know? Because if I was a black person, I'd be mad too. But you got a lot of this interplay, and I believe a lot of it's by design, to get the whites against the blacks, and the blacks against the whites, and and, and then the illegal aliens and, and the Hispanics against the whites in particular. Turn everybody against one another. Well, what is that? That's divide and conquer. 100%. So that works into their... Then if you can bring a lot of Muslims over here by stealth, and you can bring a lot of these MS-13 gang members here who hate our guts anyway, who hate America in general, then you have Russian Spetsnaz troops and things like that that are already here, and Chinese troops and stuff like that. The sightings have been so numerous, particularly the Russian troops, who hate our guts. You have a lot of different factions that would collectively go against, let's say, the quote, patriot movement. But there's also a lot of people waking up right now. A lot of the military woke up. I was listening to, um, and again, I I always give provisos and warnings with Alex Jones. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, I give warnings about that guy. But I was just gleaning, listening to one of his radio shows... And a military guy called in and said, every single guy, basically in my, I don't know, whatever troop thing he was in, we, we all know what's going on. And we hate it. And we're against it. And it makes us sick. And I'm like, that's really good to hear. Now, they're not all that way in all branches of military. I think the Navy is the, most, the, the one that's the most out of the loop, I guess you'd say. Not really truly realizing what, what's going on. Um, but again, and this is why Obama's tried to, tried to um, and has successfully eliminated, same, eliminated so many of these high-level military generals and colonels and things of this nature. The guys that were the good guys. The guys that actually wouldn't go against them. The guys that wouldn't fire on Americans. Got to get rid of all of them before they implement this. Or try to get rid of as many as they can. And again, this is a spiritual battle. But I don't think the church at large is praying about this because they, they don't even know it's... They're not educated about it in the church. The pastors wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole because they'd lose their 501c3 exemption and you know they wouldn't get subsidies from the IRS and they, they wouldn't get a, 
The parishioners wouldn't be able to write it off on their taxes. They'd lose a lot of members. It would be unpopular, this type of stuff. So they're not going to say a word about it. And, and I, dare I say at this point, half of them are yoked up with the FEMA anyway, through the clergy response teams, through the faith-based initiatives that I got into, I believe, last week. They're, they're all yoked up with the government. They're, they're, nothing, more, they're, they're nothing more than an extension of the wicked government. They're going to be the ones screaming the last, turn in your guns, do whatever the the Bible, the, uh, the government tells you to do. It doesn't matter if, if it means your family's all going to die and, and, and you know, you're going to all be vaccinated to the gills and, and you're going to be put in FEMA camps. It doesn't matter. You do whatever the government says because that's what the Bible says in Romans 13 and it doesn't. It doesn't. The government that was talked about in Romans 13 was a force for good and wicked wickedness feared it. Well, we have got the polar exact opposite of that now. So therefore, those verses do not apply when the government is a force for evil. And it's becoming an ever-increasing force for evil more by the day. And I'm talking about high-level government. I'm not saying every low-level person in law enforcement or military or whatever evil. No, I don't believe that at all. And a lot of them know what's going on. But that's where we find ourselves in today's brave new world. So, going further, the proof for the validity of the intention signaled by this document does not lie in the authenticity of any single document. The smoking gun evidence that Obama is progressively moving towards seizing all 300 million civilian guns in this country lies in the ubiquitous manner in which Obama has pursued sequential and progressive steps toward the disarming of the American people. If it's evil... This devil, that's all he wants. He just wants evil. Just this, this week alone, two more stories broke about his, his homosexual trysts and, and garbage. The, the, the cross-dresser that he came, uh, uh, that checked him out the other day at that Austin restaurant and how they were flirting back and forth. And I mean, this guy is pure evil. And I'll be honest, that, that video that came out about Michael, I mean Michelle Obama, is very compelling. I haven't seen anybody refute it. I haven't seen one video that refutes that. That Joan um, Rivers lady came out and says, everybody knows that she's a trainee in Hollywood. She never retracted that statement. She even did an interview after that. She did not retract the statement. I would be surprised if she wasn't really put on the back burner or even assassinated for what she said. I just think they caught her at a moment where she's a very uninhibited person anyway. And she was totally candid. Of course we know that Michelle is a trainee, a transvestite, cross-dresser. I mean, that video, that 20 or 25 minute video, uh, it's pretty tough to refute. I mean, there's certain anatomical things that only men have and women don't have them. And I don't mean what you might be thinking about. I'm talking about there's certain ways like that the, the you look at the width of the shoulders compared to the head. You look at the where the navel is located in relation to where the waist narrows. You look at um, the index finger um, length and stuff like that. And, and, and he, she has all the indicators that he is a man. Obama is a flaming, flaming 
homosexual. I've seen way too much. I mean, then then the other story that broke this week. The lady's dead now. She, she's disappeared or dead. Was murdered. Well, she saw, she literally just about walked in. It was like right before he was going to run for senator. She walked in on, on um, him in a in a uh, at at the end of this um, gala party when everything was breaking in in one of these dark rooms off the side. She went to the bathroom. She heard these two guys in there, and she and she literally was so stunned she tripped and he came out and asked her if she was okay. And he she remembered one hundred percent what he looked like, and she knew at that point who he was because I think she was some type of reporter. And she thought coming out with this story would protect her, but it actually did the exact opposite. I think she would have been okay if she would have kept her mouth shut. But she died getting that information out. I'm, I'm, I'm releasing that in my next newsletter I'm putting out. You'll see it. There's just way, way too many. All, all these gay lovers this guy's had, and they're all dead. They're all dead. I mean, they named a room after him in, in, the, in the bathhouse in Chicago that he used to go to. I'm not even going to tell you what the name of the room was. Because it's not appropriate. But it was perverted. It had something to do with the White House. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, the whole gay community in Chicago knew about this guy. His high school um, students. The, the, the one lady that came out and, and exposed him this year. He was a flaming Homosexual. Dressed up in drag and, 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 and catered to old white guys. That was his thing. Ugh, I just don't understand it. I just, I'm sorry, I just do not even remotely comprehend that whole deal. The temptation factor, I just don't get it. Anyway, but, yeah. But, I mean, that's just... And just like Joan Rivers said, everybody in Hollywood knows Michelle is a train. He called Michelle Michael in a speech he was giving to the military. He says, Michael and I are such such and such. I, I put out the video on that where he said it. And he didn't try to retract. He didn't say, Michael, oh, I mean Michelle. He just kept going. You can hear it for yourself. There was all these like four stars or high military brass there. I mean, we have got the most sick, twisted, perverted, warped, demented, evil devil at the head of America right now you could even possibly, probably envision. And and we don't know the half of it, most likely. Like, as far how really dark this dude is. The evil. I don't, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it wouldn't, most of it's not appropriate anyway. I don't need to know every gory, I've seen enough. But that's why he has no problem making these types of decisions and doing all, all manner of evil flagrantly against righteousness. Because he's a vessel of Satan, fitted or prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. The wicked will do wickedly. And that's what he does. The wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. He was Satan's seed from the very beginning. 
He was an unredeemable vessel of Satan. That's how I view somebody like that. I don't believe he could have ever gotten saved, ever. I believe some people cannot get saved. If you are a vessel of wrath prepared or fitted ahead of time for God's destruction, I don't see any wiggle room in there forever getting saved. If you're a wheat and a tear, does the Bible ever talk about a tear being able to be saved? No, it says the tares will be gathered up and they'll be burned in the fire. Mm. And the wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. And mm, God hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. So it doesn't, it doesn't talk about the wicked becoming righteous. There, what I'm saying to you is there are certain vessels on this planet that are pure evil and that they can never be saved and they will not have a conscience and they're, they're psychopaths, they're sociopaths, they have no conscience. Their conscience is seared with a hot iron. Now I believe somebody can become that way that could have been saved, but there are some that are just that way. The Bible talks about being turned over to a reprobate mind when men burn after men and women burn after women. Well, that's where he's all at. He's been turned over to reprobate mind. He's already he's always had one, I believe. And this might get into the whole bloodlines of the Illuminati. Generational, cursed, demonic, Satan seed bloodline. Anyway, let's go further. As it has been said, judge a man by what he does and not by what he says. The cases in point would be what Obama has tried to accomplish after the Boston Marathon bombing, the Batman Aurora Colorado shootings, and the Sandy Hook event with some very sloppy steps following these events. Obama has progressively attempted to make guns more difficult to obtain, and he has greatly expanded what is defined as, quote, military-grade weapons, and to limit what is considered to be appropriate for hunting as to try to block Americans from obtaining as many weapons as possible. Now again, I think the only way they're going to be able to pull this off is through some type of pandemic where they supposedly possess something, the government I mean, that is your only ticket out. We're the only ones you can come to with the cure. Because guess what? We created this plague and pandemic. And we're the only ones that have the answer on how to get out of it. Here's Mr. Vaccine. He's the only way you're going to get, quote, cured, and it's the very thing that's going to kill you. Probably got microchips in it and all, all manner of wickedness and devils associated with it. I mean, hey, when you have vaccines that are literally cultured off aborted babies, they tend to be pretty cursed. And that's a fact. There's at least 13 that are. Human diploid cells is what they're derived from. Check the physician's desk reference for things like MMR, Varivax, chickenpox vaccines. They're cultured off aborted babies. Oh, that's not too much of a witch's brew. And then they eject it straight in your bloodstream. I'm sure there's nothing bad that's going to happen to you. And then they got all the stuff like squalene and mercury and formaldehyde, which is what they bomb people with, and aluminum and detergents and things of this nature, and green Reese's monkey disease kidneys that they culture things off. And Yeah. But that's going to be the solution. They're going to have to con millions into thinking that we're the only ones you can come to. Regarding this plague. This pandemic. This is why I'm so big on that mild silver protein. The 5,000 part per million silver. Because it's the strongest thing I know of. To go against something like that. I'll talk more about that later. Not to say there's not a... Not to say God can't protect you. And again, I don't want to rely on any one thing. 
like like a, a product or something. The Lord Jesus Christ can protect you from all of that. Anyway, let's go further. Um, I'm certain that most people familiar with present Second Amendment debates will recognize the various and omnipresent gun buyback programs funded with your tax money designed to remove guns from civilian hands. Which would fit into the second point of that um, thing that we just went over, the UN document, which says creation of programs to provide reasonable compensation for voluntary surrender of said arms. Gun buybacks. I don't think that's going to be really... You're going to get some guns off the street, okay, fine. But I don't think you're going to get anything really substantial off the street. Maybe if people were desperate enough and there was no food or no water or something, maybe they would say, okay, turn in your guns and you get food and water. And hey, if you didn't have any food or water, that then, then it becomes a whole different story. Going further, how many times have we witnessed Obama standing before the cameras and national press corps and were threatened to take unilateral action against our gun rights following each one of the false flag events mentioned above? In each instance, Obama and his devil minions, uh, like Pelosi and Barbara Boxer and all of these other people, Obama has issued thinly veiled excuses that he only wants to take away guns that are military-grade weapons, right? Which would also be the first point of the UN document we just quoted, which was classification of military-grade weapons to be made illegal for possession. Hey, guess what? Did you hear what happened this week? Just so happens, what happened this week that just aligns with this exact point that I just read off this UN document? Breaking. Executive Order 13662, Obama bans AK-47s. And again, I just rechecked this because I can hardly believe this is tr- this is this has actually happened. But yeah, you can go do a keyword search for this. I provide you the links. Obama bans AK-47s. Now, this isn't banning if you have own one right now, uh, but I'll get into that right now. On Wednesday. Barack Obama used his powerful pen, his powerful serpent pen, to effectively ban AK-47s and other Kalashnikov Russian-made imports indefinitely. This will include the import of parts and accessories, so it affects current owners as well as those looking to make a new purchase for an AK-47. If you like your gun, you can keep it. Just don't expect to be getting parts for it without paying a small fortune. This is a huge deal, because AK-47s are one of, like, you've got, you know, AR-15s and AK-47s, two of the main uh, semi-automatics that are popular in America. And now he's banning them. The executive order was issued under the guise of punishing Russia with more sanctions. And there's, again, there's so much about that that doesn't even add up as to why Russia would have done that. I don't believe, whatever the narrative is, I don't believe it. Whatever the government's telling me, I don't believe it. I just don't. You know? 
uh, it's normally the exact opposite. So we probably had, or the Ukraine and us probably had something to do with that exact thing. So they could blame it on the Russians, so that they could turn the whole world against Russia, which is what's supposedly happening right now. And that so Obama, knowing that um, uh, he could do this with the AK-47s, which is a really big deal, could implement this. It's all by design. This is all pre-planned. And we're going to talk more about that plane a little bit later. Because that's just one part of it. A lot of weird stuff. And I can't, I can't even possibly get into all the different facets and aspects of what could possibly be behind this shooting down of this plane. Um, I could probably devote the next three weeks to that alone. But we'll try to cover some of the things. Considering AK-47s are one of the weapons that this administration and certain members of Congress have been looking to ban, that excuse doesn't seem to hold much credibility, meaning they're punishing Russia. So, let me tell you, if you had a whole bunch of AK-47s or parts for them, and let's say you had, let's say you had bought whatever, $5,000 in either AK-47s or parts. Okay? You probably are now just sitting on something that's going to double, triple, quadruple, and who knows, go through the roof. Would have been a very, very good investment from that standpoint, is what I'm saying, as far as uh, that goes. Anyway, even if the, going back to the main document. Even if the UN document designed to disarm America listed above was not genuine, and it is, the following very public very public document has proven to be very authentic. The United Nations is advertising for the following position. Okay, now there's a link you can literally go to, but you have to like log on and stuff, and I'm not going to do that okay, with a UN website. Now, you can use StartMail and do that proxy thing with, um, not StartMail, but, um, Xquicks or startpage.com with um, uh, those those websites, which is the search engines I tell everybody to use. Stop using Google, stop using Bing, stop using any of those big brother search engines. Use startpage.com or Xquick. I-X-Q-U-I-C-K. They're the same companies. Doesn't matter. It's Catherine Albrecht. She's the one that wrote Spy Chips. She's really cool. Anyway, she put it out. It's free. You can use it, and you can even use... There's little tutorials on how, if you want to go into a, a site like a UN site, you could do it through a proxy server where it's literally start page or whatever, them visiting the page and not you. They do it. You do it through them. Okay, so you can do it that way if you wanted to. Anyway, this is the United Nations advertising the following position. Um, job title... Disarmament, Demobilization, and Reintegration Officer. Again, I just went and double-checked this. Just to be on the safe side. And I was able to find it reproduced in several different reputable websites. That this is literally a legit um, document. This one on Republic Broadcasting... UN is positioning to lock down the U.S. I've been writing that my military sources tell me that their greatest fears are beginning to become realized because the United States will be, in the relatively near future, 
um, in the relatively near future, this country will be under martial law, and the bulk of the occupation force will be comprised of foreign troops operating under the flag of the United Nations. And under the heading of hiding in plain sight, which is really weird, almost like in your face, the United Nations is advertising for the following position. Um, and again, you can click on the link, but it says you must have cookies enabled in order to sign in to get to see this document. I'm not going to do that. Too many other people are saying that this is absolutely, you know, um, Dave Hodges, RepublicBroadcasting.org, um, a whole bunch of other ones. This is a legit document, okay? This is what the United Nations is advertising for right now. Job title, Disarmament, Demobilization, and Reintegration Officer. Uh, this is the Department of Peacekeeping Operations. Duty station would be New York. Job description. A minimum of seven years of progressively responsible experience in disarmament, demobilization, and reintegration or related areas. Ex- experience working within peacekeeping, peace building, or development program, excuse me, programs is desirable. Experience with small arms control, conflict, Post-conflict crisis management. Economic uh, and economic situations are desirable. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. My picture got in the way here. Let me bring this over. Okay. Experience with small arms control, conflict, post-conflict crisis management is desirable. Uh, here is a picture of Secretary of State John Kerry signing away Americans' freedom Security and longevity as he signs the United Nations Small Arms Treaty. Or United Nations Arms Trade Treaty, I'm sorry. There is even more fuel to throw on this raging fire as we consider the fact that at the behest of President Obama, Secretary of State John Kerry legally and in direct violation of the Constitution of the United States signed the United Nations Arms, Treaty, Arms Trade Treaty. The UN Arms Trade Treaty consists of all seven provisions listed above that we went over in that UN document okay, about all taking all the guns away. Uh, and these seven things are listed in the Disarmament Commission of the United Nations, evidently, section. So this is, this is being repeated over and over and over again. They're getting more flagrant in your face. Here's a picture of the United Nations logo with that gun that's out in front of the United Nations with the uh, knot tied in the barrel. Because that's what they, you know, even though that means, what they're basically saying is, they want mass genocide. They want to be able to kill anybody they want to kill. Because that's what always happens when you disarm the population. And when you look at the United Nations logo, as I've said before, it's the it's the it's um, basically the whole world inside the wreath. Well, what does that mean? That means they want to conquer the whole world. Because those wreaths were given... In the first Olympics, when you conquered an event, you were given that wreath and put upon your head. And that's why they're saying that. That's why the wreaths around the world, because they're going to conquer the world. That's what they, that's what their, their goal is. Okay, so continuing on, there are some who will undoubtedly state that these actions will potentially lie in the future, and there's nothing to worry about. And they will advise the country to go back to sleep. However, America, we are being occupied in the we are being occupied in this latest invasion of our country by illegal aliens from Central America carrying 
drug-resistant tuberculosis, bacterial, bacterial pneumonia, scabies, lice, etc., you name it. While in South America, dengue fever is becoming worse, and in West Africa, Ebola is exploding. And I've reported on all this really other than dengue fever. Um, <clears throat> anyway, according to Dr. Jane Orient and many other health professionals, we are facing a series of possible pandemics. As I've said before, that's the way I really see them kicking things off. Because it doesn't matter if you're a patriot and you're what they would term as a bitter clinger, clinging to your guns and your Bible. You know, if they can somehow implement some type of pandemic, let's say a binary agent, chemtrails and something they do in the water, or something they've released in the air, and then they offer you the tertiary agent, the vaccination, which is supposedly the cure, which will actually be the ultimate thing that will probably kill you. But they say there, there, there's a price for the vaccine. You, you have to turn in all your guns because we can't have... And if, if you believe that that is your only hope and that whole fight, will to survive thing, survival instinct kicks in, you'll pretty much, most people will pretty much do anything to save their own skin or the skins of their family if they think that's what it's going to do, even though it won't. So I can really, I can really see that being a way that they could get the guns and then kill millions all at the same time, all while smelling like a rose and not, not even having a shot fired. Or at least minimal. Or at least a far less numbers. Whereas, maybe they're thinking, okay, we have these um, UN forces, we have our MS-13 gangs, which we're going to incorporate, we have our, our um, own military that won't have a problem shooting on American citizens. And whatever, we have all of these other foreign troops that we'll, we'll bring in at the, at the appointed time. Chinese as well. They can handle maybe half the Patriots, but they wouldn't do that well against all the Patriots. They had to go door to door. But if they can eliminate half the Patriots through some type of pandemic, or let's say three-fourths of them, well, that's just less people they have to deal with. I'm trying to think the way Satan would think about this. And to me, that would make the most sense. The easiest way to accomplish the death and the carnage and the disarmament, all in one fell swoop. These health crises will be the pretext to roll out the United Nations and their peacekeepers. 300 um, vials were found in a lab this week. The same federal scientist who recently found forgotten samples of smallpox at a federal lab also uncovered 300 additional vials many bearing the names of highly contagious viruses and bacteria, like dengue fever. Dengue fever is one of the worst things you can possibly get. There's literally, like, when you go up to, to uh, the Dr. Dash Johnson website, I'm just going to go up there right now real quick, and you go to the order form. If you go to, uh, I think it's 10,000, yeah, 10,000 parts per million, it's it's uh, the, the, the strength, okay? We're the only one that has 10,000 and five. There's been other companies that come out with the 10 or the 5, or maybe even 2. They never stay in business, because they've never figured out how to stabilize it. 
it's it's the the what they call molar ratios you have to use in order to stabilize amounts of a protein at that level in order to make it not fall out of solution like if you make your own like an ionic silver generator the little ele- electrical ones they'll make ionic silver it's about 90 to 99% ionic which isn't colloidal it's an electrically generated silver that's rendered inert in your body once it hits any chloride either in the bloodstream or the stomach that's why I don't advise taking it. It's fine for topical use, but you better use it quick, topically. I don't advise taking it internally in copious amounts because it will turn you gray. The the mild silver protein from Invive has never turned anyone gray. That's called Argyria. Okay? I, I've met, I met a woman when I was in Topeka doing the teaching that night. She was morbidly gray. I met another Christian in um, Bellevue, Florida when I do, used to do... Uh, lectures there. They were both, the one guy wasn't as great. He looked a little pallor. Hey, I had some pallor. But the one lady, she was like fresh out of the casket gray. She told me, yes, and I drink 16 ounces a day of my ionically made, electrically generated silver. I've never, I never get sick. I'm like, well, okay. Totally gray. It's totally got migrated into the soft tissues because you drink so much and it's a very poorly formed, uh, really cheap chintzy silver. But she says, I never get sick. I'm like, well, that's optional. If you want to look morbidly gray, that's cool. Um, you know, hey, everybody's different. It was an interesting look. She did stand out from among the crowd. Okay? It was one of those bold, you know, I'm not going to be like everyone else types of moves. Okay, hey, I respect that. Anyway, so if you look at 10,000 part per million... On the website, uh, you've got Ebola, dengue fever, malaria, SARS, and West Nile virus listed for that particular strength. Most of the things you'll be able to handle with five, 5,000 part. But, you know, and you can always double up your dosage on the five. Okay, so that's another thing. It's not like, well, I've got to have ten. Well, yeah, but you could just take double of the five and accomplish the same thing, essentially. Um... Yeah, tens more concentrated. So yeah, in all ideal, if in an ideal world, if you were going to battle, you know, Ebola, and you had your druthers, you had your your first choice. Yeah, I could say ten thousand or ten seven would be, you know, but they are more a lot more expensive. Five thousand is the most; it's the best price for, um, for the money. It's the best price. Um. The ten is is expensive stuff, and the ten seven is even more expensive. But anyway, uh, it tells you a little protocol there if you're going to deal with Ebola, dengue fever, malaria, SARS, or West Nile, any of these things like that. You know, the ten thousand or the ten sevens listed for it. So, um, and if, and I would ask this: if you do go up to my website, or if you place an order not on the Invive website and you've heard about it through me, I would appreciate if you would mention that maybe somewhere in the common area. So I think they're going to put something on the uh, the order form which designates that. I would appreciate that. Uh, it's one of the things that does fund this ministry. Okay, I don't do advertising. As I said like last week, I don't have any tracking on contendingfortruth.com at all. I mean, I'm talking none. I go up to these sites, like, for instance, I'll go up to, like... Um, CNN, you know, and I look on my little ghostery.com, which I recommend you get, ghostery, G-H-O-S-T-E-R-Y.com, 
And there's 12 tracking things. I've been on some, and there was like 40. I mean, like, off the scale ways you're being tracked. And it's all Google and Facebook and all these really, really nefarious, bad, bad companies tracking you. And this little thing blocks the stuff. And most of the time, your page will load quicker because it's not having to deal with all of these cookies, and or not cookies, but pop-ups and garbage that want to run on your on on a particular site so it actually loads quicker and it's free which i thought was really cool anyway it's one of the things that that funds this ministry when when you do order the uh the silver it's not it's not my website it's through and vive they put that site up for me back in 2006 when i did that tour but um if you would mention that, if you order, I, I would appreciate it. I mean, um, it, it would mean a lot, because it does help to fund the ministry. Anyway, so let's go for, further here. Let's go back to the report. And so there was 300 fi- uh, vials found this week at a uh, federal lab in America. And many of these vials were highly contagious viruses and bacteria like dengue fever. They didn't even know they had them, supposedly. These new revelations raise serious concerns about the government's ability to secure its collections of potentially deadly pathogens. Now again, all it would take is like, you know, supposedly a breach and we had vials, we didn't know they were dengue fever and some madman got it and strewn them all over New York City and now there's half the population there dying. A much more likely scenario which I just heard some devil Muslim cleric the other day on the uh, on the thing, and he was like, okay, here's what you do. You, you get across the border, and I think he even played it the last teaching or whatever, and you take a, a, a Folger coffee can, and you have something like bio, uh, anthrax or some bio, bio agent, and you just release it within the city. You know. Millions of people dead. 300,000 people dead within 24-hour period, he was saying. These people are so demonically evil and possessed. What a, what a wonderful, peaceful religion of, of hope and love and just wonderfulness, all wrapped in one big, sweet, loving, heart-shaped package. That is Islam. You know, the genital mutilation, the, the killing of in mass of Christians, the forcing their will upon everyone, the hypocrisy, the, the raping of little boys, you know, just seeing dancing boys of Afghanistan, you know, engaging in bestiality, stuff like that's all the stuff I've covered, you know, that Islam does do. And maybe not in every aspect or facet, but they do do this stuff. You know, the wonderful way they treat women, you know, in, in the Islamic religion. And now this, you know, where it's like, yeah, we want to kill as many people as, as humanly possible, 300,000, one person. You know, sure, you're going to die too, but you did it for Allah, and you'll be with your 72 virgins and white-skinned boys. We can't forget about that, because you have to have the whole homosexual, uh, pedophilic thing commingled with Islam. I mean, it wouldn't be fair if you didn't do that. I mean, come on. So, yeah, that's what they believe. So, this dude, this federal scientist, the guy that found the forgotten samples of smallpox, found 300 more vials this week. More headlines from this week. CDC director admits lax handling of dangerous 
dangerous pathogens. CDC closes labs after accidents with flu and anthrax samples. That was from the Wall Street Journal. Next one, vials of smallpox virus found in unapproved Maryland lab, ABC News. uh, Next one, scientists found some smallpox vials lying around in unsecured federal lab. Uh, That was from an RSS feed. Anyway, what we should be focusing on as well is the military invasion that is about to unfold in this country. Uh, This will be the military invasion that will be the UN-sponsored, and it will be the one that seizes our guns. Take a look at the following images of the UN military vehicles spotted and photographed in our country in the past several weeks. And here's a tractor-trailer carrying three, it looks to be, I think, maybe it's just two. Two armored... Two armored uh, UN vehicles on the road. This was just photographed this week. They're they're white. They all say UN on them. Normally, I would imagine they'd have these covered, but I think they're in some instances they're not. Um, an occupation force is being mobilized. Even more disturbing is the fact that Warren Buffett who's Jimmy Buffett's little brother, no, just kidding, teasing made that up, in 2011 headed an effort to help the United Nations acquire all materials needed for the building of nuclear weapons. Um, so we know Warren Buffett, he's a good guy, and uh, he just headed up the effort to help the United Nations acquire all materials needed for building nuclear weapons so they can have a false flag nu- nuke attack, which will be the pretext for martial law and probably World War III and all kind of other fun stuff that they have planned. This is a clear signal that three years ago, the United Nations began making plans to eventually engage in nuclear blackmail or a nuclear war with nations that might have, might have opposed their grand takeover of the planet. Under the guise and distraction of a massive and disruption, disruptive illegal immigration invasion of the United States, the real threat lies in what is going on to follow the massive resettlement into this country by what will be millions of immigrants, meaning that we've just seen the start of this. With the border. Uh, Dr. Jane Orient stated on my most recent radio interview with her that it is not a matter of if but when we will see a pandemic outbreaks of virulent diseases and viruses for which Americans have no immunity. What they're in reference to is that all of these illegal aliens that are carrying all of these drug resistant or like TB and, and this pneumonia and, and uh, all of these other plagues from these third world countries which we don't have, like, immunity for, really, because we haven't been exposed to them. So that's what they're, they're talking about, the, the uh, pandemic outbreak just from that alone. And, of course, the humanitarian efforts will be brought into play as they pose as medical rescuers driving around in white MRAP vehicles like the UN vehicles that you can see on, this, on the PDF that I just, I'm putting up here. Um, here is Obama and his uh, uncle... Is it his monkey's uncle, or is he a regular uncle? He's his half-brother. I'm sorry. Malik Obama. Here's a picture of Obama in his younger years, and good old Malik Obama. Now, uh, this is a very dangerous alliance, and this is a picture you can look at here. Dave says, in the next part of his series, I will be presenting clear and irrefutable proof that Obama administration is assembling a multinational, peacekeeping, UN armed seizure military organization. And as a teaser, would anyone care to guess who is one of the primary financiers will be for this United Nations effort? It would be none other than the president's half-brother, Malik Obama. 
which can you say Muslim Brotherhood? Because these guys are all hardcore Muslims that would, you know, love to kill the Christians. Well, that's how Obama was raised. And being that he is all that evil embodies, that's just one more reason why he would have such an utter contempt and hatred toward righteousness, toward Christianity, toward pro-lifers, toward pro-Second Amendment, you know, you name it. So I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we will go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's 800-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-4-F-O-R-Truth-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, box number 321, Hickory, North Carolina, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.